your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday. I'm back. Brought in the big guns. Woo! Brought in big guns. That's Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds. Welcome back, Rick. Yeah, uh, a week off vacation yeah. for my family. Oh, good for you. Is uh, some some families go. Uh, yeah, south. Go the, to Florida. Go to Mexico. They go to the mountains. They go hiking. Yeah, yeah. we uh, go to Iola. Yeah, Wisconsin. which is also it's like going to the mountains. We go to a hayfield in Iola and sit there, and then mom <laughs> pedals with all the looky loos who want to buy our junk. I love that. Fifty dollars. I'll give you twelve. Hmm. It's a, well. We'll explain what it is. It's the Iola Car Show. Yeah, right? the Iola Car Show. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it's the biggest car show in the mid. People just you say Iola. That's the only thing. Yeah, so I spent a couple of days at the Iola Car Show. Not just, I spent one day at the Iola Car two days at the Iola Car Show. One setting up, and then one just hanging out. And then the day before is packing all the stuff Yeah, on, on a trailer. The amount of, my dad calls them Bundy, Bundy cords, Bungee. Oh, okay, Bungee cords. Bungee cords. Yeah. Okay. The amount of Bungee cords, the toe straps, and just rope yeah. around a trailer. Yep. Yeah. And what what we kids call my dad's navel knots because he was in the navy, so he's sure. got navy. And then you try to untie them at the car show, and you can't because only dad knows which way to pull them. <laughs> um, only had one thing like fly off the trailer. Oh, on the way there, just but, one this time. But it was bundied on, so yeah. it just it hung on the bundy cords. Yeah. So good times, but yeah, no, it's I like it. It, it. I'm making fun of it, but it's also like a time to spend with the parents and yeah. Uh, talk about the old times. There's always a couple of stories that come out that you haven't heard before. Yeah, something you know. And I, I usually dad's telling his his friends that stop by these stories. So one was something about like just he just acquired this vehicle, whatever, back when he was a kid, sure. and it wasn't hours later that they had already totaled it in some race somewhere. <laughs> and that's that was that was our parents' lives. You know, mm-hmm. they can just uh, you know we would just and and you know if you totaled your car now that would probably not be great no i'm still waiting for insurance to fix mine yeah <laughs> <laughs> 608-785-7914 is the talking text line if anyone wants to get in here mayor mitch reynolds i'm uh, gonna spend the hour with us he's sitting in studio right now back in familiar i gave you the good chair too by the way oh i really you appreciate that no it's very comfortable that. very comfortable uh you still got that old like 50 some truck dump truck somewhere or do you have you still not found where you left that i don't i don't know where it is it's (laughs) it's out there somewhere but i don't i don't uh i have a suspicion where it is but i'm not entirely sure um got a call today somebody saw somebody called into the newsroom they saw a tiktok Mm. video hunter biden and joe biden with a couple of girls wanted to know if that was a real tick if that was real Mm. uh it should be (laughs) so just brad took the call and he was just you know, Hunter and Joe Biden doing some nefarious things with girls. Uh, got oh, I thought somebody... this was leading into a question about no. why I don't have a TikTok yet. No. Oh, okay. All <laughs> just, right. Just, wow. Here's, here's I things that you're trying missing. Trying to figure out context was, here. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a TikTok, so you're, I'm not you're sure missing out. Going. You're missing out on these things that right. you're no longer in the newsroom, so yeah. you don't get these. Yeah. No, these I don't calls. get those calls anymore. Yeah. Um, I know I gave you homework. You're three. You're like two months overdue. You watched Reacher. I did. Yeah. I haven't. Uh, I'm trying to think how many uh, episodes I watched. Um. Did you get to the point where four, the maybe, you get to the point five. where the mayor just appoints himself the sheriff? Yes, yes. You like that? No, that was or the police chief. I police guess. chief. Yeah. yeah. No, that was really exceptional. I'm thinking, wow, I could. No, I can't do that. That's not actually. <laughs> well, we need a fire chief. So remember that was I that could, was I a could, thing I could, a couple I could of weeks be the ago. Fire chief. Yeah. Yeah. yeah could that'd you be just, fun. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I won't spoil it for you then if you're not finished. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. Have you seen that yet? No. I 
Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. I keep hearing it's really, really good. But I think it's only good because we grew up watching Top Gun, and and there's some nostalgia there, maybe? I don't know. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, some of us made some questionable life decisions because of Top Gun. (laughs) Okay. I don't know what that means. You, You didn't... I mean, you played volleyball, so I don't know. You played there, volleyball. There's, there's that, yeah. Uh, you, other useless things. Yeah. Um, Johnny Davis. Uh, useless? Kinda, what are you talking about? Well, just... Hometown just, hero? This, this isn't business. Second, as you, this second, isn't mayoral business, is what I'm saying. city of lacrosse uh, player ever drafted in the NBA? First since, like, 1947? Yeah, something but like you don't have, like, any skin in the game here. You're, I mean... I'm really... I'm really... I, I know, you know... He's not. He hasn't shown up like Jaden Ivey. He hasn't shown up like Chet Holgren, Tom Holmgren, obviously. Uh, who's the other big star? Oh, Paulo Banchero. Yeah, the hasn't, dude from Duke. The, yeah. yeah, dude from Duke. He hasn't. You know, he's he is being very tentative offensively, which is a little bit surprising. I mean, he started the the summer league one for nine. That's. I don't know if that's tentative. Well, there was one. He no, did go seven minutes without shooting. But he did go seven minutes at the beginning of the game without even taking a shot. Oh, okay, at the and beginning. He had, and then there was that one point in time, it was the second half, I think, of the first game, where he had an open shot, an open two, wide open, mid-range. It's, that's it, his which thing. It's automatic for him. And he passed out of that to a three, which, by the way, and I can't remember the player's name, but he did sink the three. But it was a con- contested, mildly contested three that he uh, it just... Analytics, it baby. It doesn't Threes see. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Johnny's ahead of you. What is summer league for? Summer <laughs> league is for showing out and showing up, right? Or showing up and showing out. That's what summer league is for. It's not for like, hey, I'm a great team player that passes into analytical three pointers. What summer league should be right. is basketball. We should no, be playing. He's a, he's a he's a high level basketball player. He has a high level of a basketball intelligence. He is a tremendous team player. But in summer league, it's like, what can you do? Show right. me what you can do on the court, and uh, and I, you know, he's still a great player. It's just that I, I need, I would love, as I'm sure a lot of people would, I'd love to see him, um, do do that, do the Johnny Davis show. Yeah, he had 11 points, four for 11 the second game, so a little bit better. Still not great shooting, but he hasn't ever been a great shooter. So no, I don't know what to shooter. think of him. I, I don't have high hopes for him in the NBA yeah. uh, until he can figure it out. Can he Kawhi Leonard? Figure it out. Figure out how to shoot. A couple yeah, years in, maybe because Kawhi couldn't shoot either. Um, and then it's so funny. You just shoot. go to go to the, like the the most extreme person <laughs> that turns into the, the the greatest player of that era. But but Kawhi was you know Kawhi is like the the model for this league right now, right? He's like the long armed wing, which is exactly what Johnny Davis is. He's well, got, he hasn't played in two years, so right. <laughs> There's that. Well, he's he's he does get injured a lot, uh, but he has he has great defensive skills. He's very long. And and mobile and, and all Kawhi's, the things that Johnny Davis is. Kawhi is like a, a a really he shoots a lot of mid range stuff too. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of these guys. Sure, that, but he developed a th- a th- three pointer too. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. We got all that out of the way. Yep. Next next month, maybe Top Gun Maverick. If you can get to the theater, <laughs> okay. we'll see. Okay. We'll if you see go that. on Tuesday, it's we'll five bucks. Right. With Thor out now, I think you. Well, I was the we were the one of four people in the theater. So oh, real. You're okay. worried about right. it in that right. regard. Uh, five no, bucks for I, the movie and then like 25 bucks for popcorn. Popcorn is $25, yeah. Well, with soda and all mm-hmm. that. So, All right, we'll be back. Uh, we want to talk about the, the Kmart yes, lot. Sure, or do we, it. We can call it Copper Rocks. Riverpoint District. Yep. Uh, you, you you mentioned to me before the show a snow shoveling ordinance. Yeah. I have no idea what yeah. that is. No, so I'll, I'll, yeah, mid, let's go for mid-July it. Mid-July snow shoveling. We're going to talk about it. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608. 
7914 is the talking text line if you want to get in here. Mitch Reynolds, the mayor, is in studio with me. Uh, we we just had to get Ken in on. We did a little yeah. review off the air of Top Gun 2. He didn't understand what Jack Reacher was because he was drawing parallels to Tom Cruise. And we're like, <laughs> no, this is a whole thing on Amazon Prime. So, and then he's like, why are you guys talking about sports? And you're just, Come on, Ken. He's, All right, so let's let's move on past uh, past Johnny Davis. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's let's talk. Okay, so you like we we I, this is always on my notes, but I sure. never talk about it because there's never really news except that we poured a bunch of sand a year ago onto River okay. Point District. Yeah, we we so there's a couple of huge development. Uh, uh, a couple of big uh, situations that have occurred with our two big development projects right now. So Copper Rocks, the old Kmart site, is one of them, obviously. And then um, and River Point District is the other one. We should have called Copper Rocks with a K for the Kmart. Yeah, well, not in charge of that, but okay. Um, and, I, you know, I, I'm assuming Copper Rocks is going to stick because that is the name they've been using, the developers have been using. So we'll see. But uh, the great part about this, and these are these are both tremendous developments uh historical developments actually in in these two properties and it's it's fun to think about that why are you smiling well like, i just it... i love that we <laughs> because so for copper rocks this old kmart site this, this site that somebody wanted to put a U haul store in and thought that was a really good idea yeah we were mad about I, it what, well, we gotta I, because, use this land because, yeah that's and that's the thing is that we we just the city council this week is approving a zoning change to allow the development of of what uh what is conceptually um, what what the developers want to put there, and so this is the the first most significant zoning change for that property, and it's pretty tremendous. Again, it's a historical move on this particular development. Kmart's been closed five years, I think. Yeah, right. So, so and it's great because in the, and honestly, to redevelop a site like that, a Grayfield site like that, often takes a lot longer than that, um, and we have a number of them in our community, obviously. So. That is a huge development. Is they're, part, you're smiling actually, a little bit because you, you know it was. It's been closed five years. Yeah. you've been a mayor for a year and a half ish. Oh, yeah, a year and a half. Yeah. So you're just like, eh, it took a year and a half. I got it done. Eh, we get that. Yeah, right. uh, they're gonna break ground this summer. They'll yeah. be they'll be they'll be pound sand this summer. So well, are we gonna break ground? or Are we gonna sledgehammer Kmart? Well, yeah, can we like, get, yeah, demolition. Because you don't want to be part of the, break the shovel. Like, but what about if you got oh, into yeah. a backhoe and if you I just smash yeah. the side of Kmart well, with a wrecking start, ball? Well, I, a wrecking ball. I probably just use the use the uh, excavator and and take down a wall or something like that. I'm or, gonna try to talk to so, somebody into that. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll see. Because the shovel thing in the ground. No, you really, I don't really like that. I mean, it's fine. I keep calling me to, to break, groundbreaking. So we did a groundbreaking actually at uh, River Point yeah, District yeah. last year, right? For right. the sand, because yes. you got to fill it with the property. You got to set the let the fill settle over the winter, and now it's settled. And we managed to close on a property that will allow us to uh, put the infrastructure in there, like the streets and the and the um, and the. Uh, Utility infrastructure and all that kind of stuff, and all the art too. Remember the the art, the archer ways, and oh, okay. still under consideration. <laughs> so, but the great thing about this, again, in front of the city council this week, is a uh, is the and I know this is not super scintillating, but again, an historical um, development in this particular project is the preliminary plat approval. In other words, so we took this big giant brownfield and the almost, old mobile almost, oil yeah, site, almost right? 40 years later through remediation, constant fights with ExxonMobil and um, and 
you know, all of the things that went on there to get us to this point. Well, how many, a decade of you on the show going, what are we going to do what with we, the mobile oil site? I mean, more than that, but yeah, I, it's, it's been forever. And we finally put, you know, dirt fill in it last year. And now we're finally replatting it. That means that. I don't know that what that means. It, literally. It, it means we're basically creating these, these lots that have oh, never okay. been there before. Plotting, platting, you platting, skip, platting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, again, not scintillating. I in thought you were doing kind of way. I thought you were doing Bundy Bungie there. Bundy we plotting. No, but it's but it's it's a huge development, and it and it's really it's it's an amazing thing to be a part of right now. And so it's not just that. Obviously, we have those two developments, but if you look at uh, Fifth Ward Residences or what's, you know the former train plant six site, everybody driving past there can see that that's growing. Uh, very, very quickly, and we'll have people moving in there, I, I don't know, I think by the end of the year or by the beginning of next year. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's an incredible time to be a part of, it, to be in the city right now, watching all the development take place. I made it a goal to build 1,500 homes in five years. And I, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to make it, but we're going to be close. We're going to be really, really close. We got 216 new homes or something like that at at the, uh, uh, I may have the numbers backwards, but at Copper Rocks, we got 244 homes at uh, Fifth Ward Residences. There are going to be 800 homes in River Point District. We're going to have other developments that are cropping up here and there. At in within, if we get to that 1,500 home mark, we're going to add seven and a half percent to the total of homes in the city of Lacrosse right now, which. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, what I'm told, this is the fastest development pace within the city of La Crosse since the end of World War II, which is essential for a number of different things, not only for people who want to live here, who can't find places that they want to live here, but also for people who simply are not able to to find places that are affordable and quality to live. Because these are not affordable developments, but what they do is they add to the market supply, which will open up those places that are affordable, which are charging right now non-affordable rent. What is, what's your definition of home? Like, is it somewhere I can live or a place that I can buy as, you know, mortgage home? No, a home is, yeah, a home is just where you, a home is where you live, right? So okay. a home can be an apartment, a condo, townhome, a uh, single family home. Um, yeah, you can buy it, you can rent it. A home is, we, we call a home is well. I don't actually the specific definition. I, I don't know if I can give you that, but yeah, it's basically where you live. Okay. Well, I was just trying to because if you're putting how many? What did you say? Homes in Riverpoint? Two hundred? It's gonna be about eight hundred. Oh, eight hundred. Because yeah. when you said that, I was like, how are we gonna get eight hundred houses or yeah, four hundred so condos? Yeah, and, and, but it's rentals. It, rental yeah, we're properties. not. No, it's good rentals. Rental you, you can buy homes. You can buy townhomes. You can buy condos. Um, so there's gonna be purchasing and renting there, just yeah. like in the same thing with the uh, Copper Rocks property. Same thing. And same thing with Fifth Ward residences. There's going to be places you can buy and places you can rent. And that's fine. We are 52, 54% rentals right now in the city of La Crosse. Renting is, for some people, that's what they want. That's what they want to do. And they, they'll, you know, for their investment, they're going to invest elsewhere. But it's, uh, there's a lot of development going on. Where, where would you like to see that balance between 54, is that 54% more rentals than, so 46, 46% ownership? Yeah, it would actually be better if it was inversed. Yeah, it would be better. We're not out of line with other college towns our size. I mean, that's typical for college towns our size. Not typical for all cities our, our size, but typical for cities that are our size and have large college populations. Typically, the rental is it, the rental percentage is skewed. It's generally speaking, and, and again, this is not my specialty, but generally speaking, I'm told that we're, 
typically we're, we're better off if we have a slightly higher level of, of owned homes rather than rental homes. All right, 608-785-7914. Apparently, I keep hanging up on Kent because it just doesn't go to hold. So, sorry, Kent. Twice now I hung up on you, but right, um, let's go. We'll, we'll just we'll just wait. He'll call back. Okay. Um, <laughs> you said 200. No, you said 800 at, at the Copper Rocks. Or no, 800 at River Point, but there's about 200 residential units for, for the Copper Rocks Yeah, area. 200 some, and I don't remember exactly the number. I, I it's In my head, it, I have... 216 at Copper Rocks and 244 at Train Plant 6 are Fifth Ward residences, but I might have those inverted. It might be the other way around. All right. You got these? You got these on? Oh, no, I don't, actually. Let's Let do that. All right, put my cans on. All right. Here we go. Kent, you're on the air. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Rick, my man, you're not, a, you're not a good button pusher. Yeah, the buttons are broke. The buttons are broke. Yeah. Hi, area. Hey, Mayor Mitch. Mayor Kent to the north side. How you doing? All right. All right. Cool. So what are we going to do with the 180 people down at Hootska Park this winter? Yeah. Good question. Excellent question. I appreciate uh, you asking the question on that. And, you know, one of the things that we've been working on uh, constantly, and I, I don't, I know that it was reported, uh, what, this weekend, I think, in Lacrosse Tribune, there's 180 people down there. I don't have that confirmed, actually. Um, but uh, we are, it's, it's this is a constant work in progress. What we do now is we have a, a bit of a, you might call it a situation table, so we gather all of the uh, service agencies, our homeless services coordinator, which uh, came on the job last uh, November. Um, he has, is coordinating a, meeti- a meeting, and I, I attend uh, these every week. Uh, we get uh, all of our public service agencies, or as many at, who want to be a part of this, uh, as that you know, if they want to be a part of it, they'll, they'll show up, and most of them do. Uh, and we gather and we plan. We're having a a um, a uh, a winter an emergency winter planning meeting coming up uh, this week, next week. One of the camera. I think it's maybe this this week. And we'll be uh, putting plans together for that uh, uh, for that shelter for the winter. I frankly, you know, we've gotten to this point once again. Uh, we haven't been able to find a good solution. Over the last uh, several months, over the last year or so, um, just finding that perfect solution has not been easy to, to come to. Obviously, there's been a number of different times, things that we've tried that haven't been successful. Um, the numbers are consistently growing. There's people that just cannot, there's just no housing to be had. And, you know, I had a landlord meeting, our meeting with landlords uh, a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that I was asking for, for is for help because landlords are, uh, you know, they have, like we said, they, I think it's either 52 or 54% of the, uh, of the property in the city of La Crosse. And there's plenty of demand for the properties that they do have. And my only ask for them is, you know, you don't, when you have a property and it's available at least at least give consideration to the people that are, to them, very high-risk renters or potential renters. I mean, they come with problems. And at this point, because landlords don't have to rent to people with evictions, they don't have to rent to people with uh, criminal records, they don't have to rent to people who are between jobs. They don't have to because there's too much demand for the property that they have now, so they can just bypass them. And so all the folks that are out of jobs, have suffered like a medical bankruptcy, um, 
are have mental health issues and can't hold down a job or have addiction issues or have criminal problems or have past evictions. And frankly, everybody in Hooska Park has got a past eviction. Um, they don't need to rent to them, and they're not going to. And uh, I, that's, it's not universal. Some will, I think, if we can help them mitigate the risk. Uh, but for now, there's just not available housing. So we're trying. Uh, we're working on uh, strategizing for emergency winter shelter. And we, we're, st- we're still looking for solutions. It's, it's problematic. We are, I've called this a, a crisis level of homelessness, and it absolutely is. And it's, it's the same. I've talked to mayors around the state of Wisconsin, and they are typically experiences, experiencing something very similar. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Mayor Mitch Reynolds will continue with us after the news. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds uh, in studio with me. We uh, we were talking about the Hooska Park situation, and I, I don't love making the whole show. It's a, important. Also, just we, we spent three or four shows talking about the Hooska Park situation, but that's what a couple of people are on the call line here well, want to talk about. I, I, just, I don't want to get too far away from this because we had that uh, Scott's comment just a little while ago was about the absentee ballot drop boxes. And yeah. I want to make sure that everyone knows that, uh, and we, we anticipated this was coming. Um, and so the city clerk, in fact, the city council has approved uh, adding uh, absentee uh, voting, early absentee voting spaces at the, both the Southside Community Center and the Northside Community Center, which is like the Northside Policing Center, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, so we have, the city council's already approved that. So we're going to have those spaces and we're, we're still working out the schedule for that, but we're going to have clerks, uh, clerk office members manning those spaces. So those will be manned absentee ballot drop-off spaces for both the August primary and the November general election. So we knew that we knew this was coming, or we assumed that this was coming, and uh, we're prepared to make sure that there was uh, more availability for people to drop their absentee ballots off um, because uh, it, you know we can't obviously now with the Supreme Court ruling. Uh, the state Supreme Court ruling uh, just dropping a ballot off in a box is not going to work. So we wanted to make sure that there was as, as much access to uh, the ability to vote as possible. So, so what's the difference? The Supreme Court said you can't just have a box. So yeah, you just can't have a box. It's got to be delivered to the municipal clerk. So, And that means municipal clerk can be in the body of a representative. In other words, a deputy clerk or an assistant clerk or something like that. So we can have people, clerk officers, manning those boxes. Okay. And as long as there's someone actually there, then that falls within uh, that that falls within the law, uh, or at least the case law is determined by the Supreme Court. Are the so, boxes inside the building? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So the building no. will be open during business yeah. hours if yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, I don't have the hours for bo- uh, both of those buildings, but it's going to be City Hall, the Southside Neighborhood Center, the Northside uh, Police Station. Is it Nikki? Is it Nikki Elson? Nikki Elson's. I was just clerk, thinking yeah. like Nikki Elson's leaning on that box all day in the sun, just waiting for people to drop their ballots. Yeah, it's going to be inside. Just, uh, no, she could be yeah, she's, he, she has, uh, she's really sparked this uh, because she recognized that we were going to run into problems with access to voting. And, um, and there was going to be a lot of people that simply were not going to be able to uh, get their absentee ballots in because of this ruling or its potential ruling. So she anticipated that ahead of a time and made sure that we have access available at additional sites. Now it's, you know, this doesn't help. And frankly, part of what is failing in Wisconsin law right now, which I think the state Supreme court was interpreting just as it was written 
was that uh, this does not take into account the people that are lock-ins that, you know, because they can't deliver their absentee ballots by hand to the municipal clerk, which is so a little confusing in that respect, as well as uh, some issues related to those who are uh, simply are, are have disabilities who can't you know who who have who struggle to get um, and certainly through COVID had but struggle just to get out of their home. So we're we're trying to figure out what to do with that. But at the at the very least, we'll have more access for voting. So sorry to disrupt. So be, no, it's fine. There's 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 going to be three bell drop boxes. Also, like just a little bit less driving to do, you know? Well, I mean, again, creating access is important. And for people that, that have mobility issues or, you know, a lot of people, they don't, you know, folks don't have cars necessarily and certainly transit's available, but not everybody's comfortable. Frankly, it's still not comfortable getting on, getting on a bus. You know, they, they're still not comfortable with that. And so getting to city hall is not always convenient. And Mm -hmm. so we thought, well, how can we get our, how can we, get places where, where there's more likely folks, if they need to walk or um, easily get to a voting station, they can get to it. So I think this is a really good solution. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Before we went to break, we were talking a little bit about the homeless situation. Sure. Andy had called in. He right. he wants to, I think, throw you an idea on what to how, how to help the homeless people. Go ahead, awesome. Andy. You're on Great. the air. Oh, uh, hey. How are you doing, Mitch? I hope you're doing well. Great. Thanks. Um, so I, when I was in Madison last uh, last year, I had seen um, some ladies picking up trash, and I had learned that the I think the city in Madison hires some of the homeless people to do some of the uh, unskilled labor um, for that city. And then I've also seen the stories. Obviously, we all have of like in L.A. and Seattle of the the small communities of people building their own shelters. But then the land, I mean, I, I know those, that those plans end up falling through over there because the land costs essentially become exuberantly prohibitive. But here where land is a little bit cheaper, maybe that could be a possibility. I just feel like, in general, there should be solutions. I mean, I, I came to this area as a young kid with a single mom, and we were homeless, and we raised through the welfare benefits. But there was work, there was direction, there were things to do. And so it wasn't, you know, a cycle. And now I graduated and I have, like, an engineering degree and I, I did all the things. But I would definitely like to see other people have a path to, you know what I mean, like, just not, not perpetu- to not perpetuate things. I feel like we should be able to find a way to help them move up. Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I there's no question that um, there's nobody – is interested in having this uh, cycle constantly repeat and i didn't i there are we do have families that are um in uh we do have a couple of families in huska park at this point which is not great to see um these are terrible situations frankly and uh andy didn't say whether his he and his mom had been evicted uh, or had any mental health issues or drug addictions um, but a lot of the people that we're dealing with do have uh, are escaping domestic violence. They have drug addictions. They have mental health challenges. Um, veterans with that struggle with addiction. Uh, we have again a situation. I don't know, Andy. When Andy came here, whether it was the same housing situation, but we've never 
really had a vacancy rate as low as we have now. I think it's at 0.7%. Again, I go back to when we talk about market solutions for homelessness, the key is, is that there are not enough places for folks to rent at an affordable level. And that when you are in a situation where you have, when, when it's a seller's market, and if you have three people that are applying for an apartment and one of them has an eviction and one of them is a, uh, you know, one of them is, uh, has a spotty job history or whatever the situation is or doesn't, is in between jobs or uh, has been in and out of the court system and you got one person who doesn't have any of those problems, who are you going to run to? And I think that that's one of the things that we, we struggle with consistently here in the city of La Crosse. And I think that by, again, my overall long-term strategy is to add homes so that we can alleviate the tight demand on this market. And once we do that, we're going to open up spaces for people to live. There is no quick and easy solution uh, for this situation. There really isn't. And, and, and you know what? The, the, a lot of folks in Hooska do have jobs. So it's, um, and I'm certain that if we had uh, someone that did some recruiting down there, they, we would have, uh, maybe there would be more who had jobs. All right, we'll go back to the phones. Hey. Number three is calling in. Number three, you're on with the mayor. Go ahead. Hey, Mitch. Hi there. Mitch. Yeah. Number three. Yeah, great. It's good to hear I from you. I got to tell you. You look pretty sharp on television. Your wife scrubbed you all up, and you got some nice-looking clothes on there. <laughs> Thank okay. you. All right. Now, the homeless people, did you ever consider the old airport where you knocked down all those buildings up there, the one, the airport that's east of the new ones now? you know where the old airport is? The old airport. What do you, I'm not yeah, sure well, what you're referring to. Up by Fisherman's Road. Okay. We have an airport there. Yeah, you got a whole bunch of land up there. You've been knocking down all those buildings. you got all kinds of acreage to put the homeless people up there. Okay. You could build them some little houses or get some yeah, uh, sure. uh, uh, containers from uh, Taiwan Tommy and insulate them. Yeah. I like the container builds is something that other communities have tried as well. Thanks for the call. All right. We'll go back to the phones. Johnny? Is this Johnny? It is. Hey, you're on with the mayor. Go ahead. Hey, Mitch, as somebody that works with the uh, unsheltered, I would do want to say I appreciate everything you are trying to do. And, and like you said, a lot of things aren't working out, but there's a lot of things you are doing that are working out. And I apologize if this has been addressed before. I haven't heard every time you've been on. But one thing, as I work with the uh, unsheltered, um, I it's several times a week that I get a squad car from Monroe County or a somebody with a voucher from Crawford County, and they give them the address to the shelters and they send them to us. Is there something that is being done to maybe recoup some costs from the other counties, the surrounding counties, because they are sending people here because of the services we do provide? I get one guy, for instance, that got out of the Crawford County Jail, and I asked him how he heard about us. He said, well, they put me in an Abbey van and gave me this address. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so that is something that's, that we're attracting the unsheltered, and that's making it, you know, your job and everybody else that deals with it a little bit harder. There's mm-hmm. something we can do to maybe talk to the other counties or maybe uh, get, get them to help fund this, or is there something that's being done with that at all? How many times a week uh, are you seeing this? I, I, I would say a couple times a week, seriously. A couple, couple times a week, and, and where is that at? 
that would involve the cafeterias. Uh-huh. It's not open though, right? Right now? No, not right now. Okay. So, but I'm talking during the winter. So, oh, okay. But uh, right. but uh, the, you know, up until the very last day we were open um, in the spring, um, there was a guy from Crawford County. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, they're, they're think, sending them to us. Yeah, there are definitely uh, cases. I, and Johnny, I really appreciate the work that you do with Catholic Charities. I appreciate Catholic Charities um, and the work that they do. Um, I was hoping that there would um, there would be uh, Catholic Charities would be. Um, open for uh, providing showers this summer and unfortunately wasn't able to, but um, that is something that we have seen instances of, certainly, there's no question. We also know that the data tells us that 95% of the people in Huska Park are here, have been here for some time, or have grown up here. So, although that does occur, uh, there's no question. Oftentimes, the individuals in Huska Park are, and some of them are transient, no, there's no question. Some people that they show up in Lacrosse and then they're heading to Rochester next or something like that. So we do we do see that. Uh, what we have, what is more likely though, is that um, that uh, there is you know folks who've run into some significant um, hurdles in their lives and simply cannot. Uh, can't get over them for one reason or another. We talked about all the issues there. Uh, again, the mental health issues and the addiction issues, and some are just fleeing from domestic violence. Uh, some have a criminal background. Some have evictions on the record, can't rent anything, and some struggle with holding down jobs. And, yeah, there's definitely folks have challenges there. I, I think that there's there's abs- it is absolutely the case that that counties where there are no services available, that that we they will service providers there will refer them to places like Madison or Wausau or La Crosse or Green Bay or Rochester or anything that's remotely nearby and say, look, we don't have anything here for you, but these places do. And, and it's absolutely the truth. I mean, we have a number of different agencies, including Catholic charities, including Salvation Army. And, um, you know, we have all these agencies that are heavily involved in uh, working at finding homes for, for individuals. And so that is definitely the case, but it's not, it's, it, and again, it does happen, but it's certainly not even, it's, it's a very, it's a very small number. All right. We got to take another quick break. We'll be back to wrap up. All right. Welcome back to lacrosse talk PM 608-785-7914. I'll read your texts and answer them after the show. Some of them anyways. Too many texts to get to, and it's all homeless stuff, and I don't want to talk about homeless anymore because we <laughs> spent way too many shows. I'm sorry, homeless people. We've spent a lot of shows just kind of like reiterating the thing. there, yeah. Um, you, you, you mentioned, a sh- we mentioned earlier a snow shoveling ordinance. Yeah, it's, yeah. So we it's July. We're, right, yeah, absolutely. And this is why I wanted to work, get this done uh, well in advance of uh, when the budgeting happens and all the other things happen for the uh, upcoming, especially 2023, but we're... We're absolutely changing the snow clearing uh, rules in the city of La Crosse to make them much more equitable and fair and to eliminate a lot of the issues that we've had with some of these ridiculous fines or or charges to shovel sidewalks by contractors. And the other thing is is we're going to have our engineering department uh, get back at enforcement of that. And uh, it's going to be a a situation where folks will have a, a... we're going to, there's going to be citations instead of these $600 service charges. Um, we're still going to enforce it. We're still going to make sure that sidewalks are accessible. We're required to by law, and it's the right and equitable and fair thing to do. 
But we want to make sure that we have rules on the books that are reasonable. And so you will see that we've got the ordinance finished and it's ready to go. And you'll see that in August. And I think that uh, this is one of those things that nobody's ever going to be completely happy. It's kind of like parking, alternate side parking, all the parking. Nobody's ever going to be completely happy with it. But I think this is going to this is going to be much better for the city and for folks in our in our community than what you had last year. All right. Perfect timing. That's a wrap. Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> Thank you.